0: Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. <music> Navy Corpsman Maxton W. Seneca, twenty-two. Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Kanaus, twenty-three. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren. Hoover, 31. Marine Corps Sergeant Jahani Rosario Picardo, 25. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole Gee, 23. Marine Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22. Marine Corporal Dagan Page, 23. Marine Corporal Umberto Sanchez, 22. Marine Lance Corporal David Espinoza, 20. Marine Lance Corporal Der- Jared Schmitz, 20. Marine Lance Corporal Riley McCullum, 20. Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, 20. Marine Lance Corporal Kareem Nikui, 20. I apologize if I got any of those names a little bit wrong. We wanted to start the show by naming off the 13 American service members that were killed uh, at the hands of ISIS at the Kabul airport as the United States continues to evacuate. I'm sorry, continue to evacuate because it's now over from Afghanistan as we sit here on September 1st and to get things started, he's
1: Corey Walsh and he's Dan Griffin
0: and uh, we're here and we don't, we, I wanted to start with those 13 names uh, because I feel like those 13 names are being lumped into just 13. It's the number 13 and The issue that I'm having, that I'm struggling with, is that these 13 American service members that, yes, gave our lives, or I'm sorry, gave their lives to, in some ways, protect our lives and certainly protect the lives of those which they were helping to evacuate from a war zone, and these 13 names are being utilized as a way to virtue signal a fucking narrative. Now, Corey and I said a long time ago when this show started that we're not here to tell you how to think, but I am going to make a request. Stop doing that. Stop using these 13 lives as some way to go, well, see, yep, I told you so. We needed to stay longer. We needed to execute the plan better. Thanks a lot, Joe Biden. You got 13 more Americans killed. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times and I know Corey agrees with me. We think Joe Biden is shit. But when somebody does the right thing, which is end the fucking war in Afghanistan. Corey and I are both going to support that. And I, I think I can actually speak for Corey when I actually say that this time. Because we don't agree on everything. But when I see... It is it is an absolute travesty that we had to lose these 13 lives just as we were exiting. We knew this was going to be ugly and you can't use the, that loss of life as some sort of an excuse for why this, this wasn't the right thing to do. We can argue, we have plenty of time, I think it was Anthony Blinken that actually said this, uh, Corey. We're going to have plenty of time to argue about whether or not this withdrawal from Afghanistan was done well or shitty or somewhere in the middle. Right now the focus is on the fact that 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 that's actually been completed. And now we can start to look back. And yes, it is awful that we lost these 13 people. It sucks. But I think every single one of those 13 people would be the first 13 people to tell you that their lives and their losses of their lives didn't matter anymore or any less than the thousands of service members and allies and Afghanis that lost their lives in the 20 years prior, which is what I feel like is lost when you try to use these 13 names to virtue signal why this was botched. When you're going to focus on the last 25 days, but you're not going to talk anything about the last 20 years, I personally have a problem with that. Unless you can find a way to explain to me why these last 25 days were a bad thing. And I'm all ears. That's what this show is about. You can tweet at us at LibservativePod. You can email us LibservativePod at gmail.com. We're happy to take these thoughts from you as long as they're in good faith. That's my monologue, and I know Corey's got a ton to say here as we start this show.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the 13 soldiers that died is a bookend to the 20-year war of thousands of lives lost. And what pisses me off is the disingenuous virtue signaling using those lives as a political pawn to further some old man to dementia Joe bad narrative. The same narrative that the right rightfully called out when it came to Trump derangement syndrome and the orange man bad narrative. The loss of life on foreign soil is always a tragic thing, and someone dying not just for me but for my country is one of the most admirable and most selfless things a person can do. And I don't just say this, Dan, to make myself sound important. I say this to remind myself of the righteous and solemn and humble acts that hundreds of thousands of men and women carry out every day to defend my family and my country. Those men died serving our country, and no one can take that away from them. But this this feigned sadness almost does just that. Their deaths are being trivialized in this ever-expanding culture war. Losing soldiers in Afghanistan was nothing new, and no one gave a damn until their biased news source told them to. And that's what frustrates me. It saddens me that we lost more soldiers when this should have ended a long, long time ago. It frustrates me we are trying to pin the deaths of American soldiers on one man giving hundreds of backroom bureaucrats and special interest lobbyists a pass for using Americans as fodder to make a quick buck for roughly two decades. And the fact that Afghanistan only got five minutes of attention in the news cycle in 2020, and the fact that we have millions of people falling for their charades again and again and again, is what really, really frustrates me. There's a sucker born every minute. That's a phrase closely associated with P.T. Barnum. And I wish people would actually care because they care, not because they're told to. And. I didn't think we were going to be talking about Afghanistan again, Dan. We made a, we made a sort of like bet last, last episode of when we would lose interest and, and the next thing would just pop up. But seeing the way that people are using these 13 lives, that is nothing more than just an ass, not, not an asterisk. And I'm not going to, tr- and I take that back of saying nothing more because it's, it's treading careful water because these are American lives lost, but it's just, I feel like people are more concerned with this whole red versus blue left versus right narrative to pin these 13 deaths on Biden and completely discount the thousands of lives we lost over there for absolute bullshit.
0: And I don't even think I don't even think it's red versus blue at this point, man. I mean, the Democrats have turned on I've turned on Joe Biden because there's there are specific interests, right? Like if there has ever been a uh a scenario which has been able to so easily point out to us and to the the rest of the American people that the military industrial complex has a hold over the media, has a hold over politicians, has a, and in turn has a hold over, you know, unthinking Americans out there. It's not that you're bad people, it's just that I just I don't, we've talked about it before. People don't have the time. They don't have the time that you and I have to really dig into this stuff. And so they just kind of go with it. And so it's not even, this one, this one, I would be all right if it was just red versus blue. That that could be explained away. This is just, this is, you know, uh, Raytheon and, and, and the others.
1: Genodynamics, uh, Boeing. Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you can keep going on with the list. Dynamics is right making- down the road for me.
0: Every yeah, everybody making money on uh, on war versus everybody else, and it's it's almost like the fact that it's not red versus blue has completely turned the whole thing on its head. And it and it's and and if you're if you're using these thirteen lives to to, to push the narrative that you know because you're going to do one of two things, you're either going to push. A narrative virtue signal, a narrative that is secondary at work at at best, I should say, and a completely bullshit narrative uh, at worst. And the complete bullshit narrative is: "Oh, see, look, we lost more lives. I guess we should have stayed."
1: <laughs> we, yeah, I mean, it doesn't ex- make any damn ex- sense.
0: Explain that to me logically in 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 less
1: than a book. Yeah, well, <laughs> and- it's just how he did it, Dan.
0: And that is the other narrative. We could have and should have done it better, which is the secondary narrative. But what I find interesting about that narrative, Corey, and I'll let you expound on this because you probably have thought about this with a little less anger than me.
1: I'm um, sorry, it's frustrating. Seems,
0: you know, yeah, okay, so <laughs> frustrating is better than angry. Nobody seems to know how we could have done it better outside of staying longer you see how the military industrial complex feedback loop just keeps winning the day
1: absolutely like well uh so now that uh, oh and now they have all these now they have all these fucking planes too dan they have all these planes oh my god yeah no one wants all to talk this. about iraq we've done this before we've, or vietnam we've
0: we've we, we forgot our toys and left them in the sandbox is- And somehow that's, oh, it's it's, a weaponry that's going to be used against us. I don't think people are really taking into consideration, A, what was left behind, B, how it was left behind, and C, who it was left behind to. Because I'm still getting this strange, uh, nobody's saying it outright, but it's this strange feeling that Americans still feel like every Arab is the same. You keep getting this idea Dan. that they think that every Arab is a
1: terrorist. Do you mean to tell me that Americans have an issue with uh, <laughs> painting broad brushstrokes on communities of people and they look at <laughs> groups like monolithic fucking things?
0: Especially when they're brown. Well, they're all towel heads to me. They must be. They must be d- dirty terrorists. Like the it, what people don't. And this isn't that. Hard or this. To find or it's out. this
1: one. It's have you ever heard this one? Well. Not every terrorist is, or not every Muslim is a terrorist, but every terrorist is a Muslim.
0: Tell that to Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come or on, Dylan,
1: guy. Dylan, Dylan Roof, or I don't want to keep Dylan, naming yeah, their yeah. names because we just we named the names of the soldiers just now for the fact of giving them the credit of actually putting signing up and putting their lives in the line. They knew what they were there for. They knew that the at the risk that they were putting and they did it anyways 20 years old dan 20 fucking years old some of those guys were as old as the war itself so i don't want to keep gals, yeah. so i say that because i don't want to say the names of these other people because i don't want their names to be in the same breath as us uh respecting soldiers <laughs> who fell on the line of duty so i'm not going to keep naming them <laughs> no I, I could and, and...
0: And I and I and I totally understand, but the 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 thing when when people want to bring up the the fact that we left planes behind, the fact that we left Humvees behind, jeeps, tanks, guns, whatever,
1: they're coming at every angle. You're not wrong.
0: Again, it's it's not ideal. Like, and and you and I talked about this when the withdrawal started. Like, it's not ideal. We knew this wasn't going to be pretty. We knew this wasn't going to be wasn't going to be fun. We knew that there was a chance American lives could be lost on the way out. And sure enough, here we are sitting here today, thirteen of them that we named at the beginning of the show. For, for what was it, it like twenty weapons, thirty
1: thousand 30,000 people we evacuated? What was the actual, what's the final yeah. number?
0: As of Saturday, we're sitting here now on Wednesday the 1st. As of Saturday, it was 117,000. I haven't gotten an updated number since then. A hundred? That's a small, yeah, as of Saturday. So, that is a small so the total Sydney.
1: number is 122,300 people.
0: 122? We'll 122,000, yeah. So, and and I've actually seen people online, like, somehow trivializing that. Like, do you understand that that is, like, the probably the biggest evacuation that's ever been pulled off in American history? But for some of these people, it's it's not enough. If you don't get every last American, if you don't get every last, I mean, it it just feeds right into the military complex narrative of got to stay a little bit longer, got to stay a little bit longer, and... I don't know if these people realize they're feeding into that bullshit. I don't think they do for the most part. Because when you look at polling, it's still something like 65% of Americans wanted to get out of Afghanistan. But when you when you watch and read mainstream media or you, or you look at what's being said on social media, it really doesn't seem like that's the case. Because of the way they did it. Because we left our toys behind. Toys, most of which they can't even use, by the way. Because they've been disabled. (laughs) Who in the hell are they going to buy the parts from?
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) To To
0: operate our machinery.
1: Yeah, it's just it just it's just it's solidifying sort of solidifying the argument that me and you have been having about the military industrial complex this propaganda machine that is coming at literally from every angle. Cause then you know what the other one is, there's still a hundred or two hundred left. There's Americans that are that are still stuck over there, right? So I done a little bit of digging on that, actually. And there's an article from USA Today. And it was written on August 27th. And on August 27th, there were still 700 Americans. Unsure. Dan, unsure of whether or not they wanted to even leave. Because these were Afghan people who had dual citizenships. So we're using this trivial number of 100 to 200 of people that are over there that are still stuck there. When they all were told months ago that they should leave and this and that. And it's like... How how real is that even that number even? Of those one to two hundred, are they one to two hundred of that seven hundred that up until the day we left were like, I don't know, I might kick it. And now they're all of a sudden at the door going, wait, let me in Yeah. You know, it's just it's one more cog in this wheel of so now we have the thirteen soldiers that it's just It's really, really sad we lost lives over there, but it's disgusting to me of how they're being portrayed. Uh, And I'm not even, you know, one of their moms actually wrote a Facebook post about it. And it's like, I 100% understand where she's coming from. She's just drawn. She's upset that her her son died at the very end of the war. At the very end of the war. So I'm not even like.
0: And I think you can make the argument, Corey, that. This may come off as callous to some people, that's not how I mean it, but you could certainly make the argument that these 13 lives were the most meaningful lives lost in this war, because you know what they symbolize to me? They symbolize the last lives lost before we got the fuck out.
1: Yeah, because you know what's going to be attributed to their lives? Those pictures of babies being put over the wall. Those pictures of family members rushing the plane and getting inside and saving lives—they helped save. They were part of a mission that saved a hundred twenty-two thousand people, arguably.
0: Yeah, probably the most meaningful mission of the war. And, and no, let uh, me even say probably it absolutely was the most meaningful mission of the war. Yeah, it was. It was more meaningful than than getting Osama bin Laden, in my opinion.
1: Of getting the soldiers out, of getting just the people out of there. Yeah. Yeah. That could that could be said. I mean, uh, the the amount of troops we put in there to actually get Osama bin Laden, Osama bin Laden actually. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. We're kind of doing the same thing that we were complaining about when we talk about how everyone has their opinion on this now. But did we really need? We got two thousand people died in Afghanistan going after Osama bin Laden, and we didn't even kill him in Afghanistan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Facing an army that of the Taliban who we helped cultivate and give the weapons to when they weren't even the ones that actually uh, initiated and pulled off the attacks on uh 9/11 which by yeah, the way there wasn't even one afghani on any of those planes they were all saudi arabians they
0: were all saudis we know this but it, you're not you're not going to see that in any of these narratives thrown out there right now what people need to understand is Have your opinions again, I'm not here to tell you what you th- what to think, but y- you gotta know reality here, which is that the Taliban are a a, bru- a brutal group of people. They have a-, a certain belief of Islam that isn't something that Western culture takes too kindly to. okay, I understand that. There are various other groups in the Middle East. That have interpretations of Islam that uh, Westerners don't take kindly to. And those interpretations of Islam are all different as well. But when it comes to the Taliban, this is a group of people that just wants their land. They just want Afghanistan. These are not the people that have been coming after Westerners for what seems like a century now.
1: It's arguable that they're not even a terrorist group. They're a military inter- insurgency, you know. They're not. They were,
0: they're not our biggest problem.
1: No, I will say that <laughs> we've made them a problem. Yes, we have. But even we, still, they they're now, probably not the biggest.
0: They are now stronger than they were when we went in, and people go, "Well, that's uh, if, if you're gonna, if you're one of those people who that go, oh, that's why we should have stayed."
1: Alright, well, so we, can give, yeah, so we yeah. can give them more training. Yes, we can give them more training. The reason why they're so good is because they've literally trained against the best military force in the history of the world. For twenty the other thing, years.
0: I think the other thing that needs to be understood and and I wish I could give credit to who said this. I, I did hear this on a on another podcast earlier today. Um I might have even it might have might have even been Matt Taibbi. I apologize, but I don't remember who said this. But I thought it was a brilliant thing to say. Oh no, it was Dan Carlin. we listening. To, I was listening to Dan Carlin. I listened today.
1: to that one today. Yeah, shout out to so, Dan Carlin. Listen to that podcast. That's a good one.
0: Absolutely common sense with common Dan Carlin. Sense. Um, and one of the things Dan said today was, and I thought this was this was it was so simple but so brilliant. When you're when you're fighting a war that's about an ideology, which is Islam in this case. Western armies are not designed to fight that war. Mm -mm. I think that's absolutely brilliant. It's it's so perfectly said.
1: No army is designed to fight that war. We've been, in America, we've been starting wars on ideologies and inanimate objects on all fronts for the past 30, 40 years. And we've lost damn near all of them. The war on drugs. The war on drugs. The war on terrorism. They're both fucking failing. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? It's absolutely insane,
0: completely unwinnable. And when it comes to the weapons, if that's what you're gonna go with,
1: it's just uh, they're grasping at straws. They want our soldiers there so bad. Even Trump. So on July 26th, that motherfucker Trump, he go <laughs> he says, what did he say? <laughs> he said that uh, I don't have the exact quote, but I, it's something like they want Biden wanted to pull out. He wanted to. He wanted to keep the troops there. I know it was July 26th. But he that We made rallies. it
0: very difficult. Yeah.
1: We made it difficult. He couldn't do it. He couldn't pull him out even if he wanted to. It's our, you this know, we're making a it memory. Happen. This guy. <laughs>
0: so okay, just then, sit down, please.
1: <laughs> and then August 30th, he he has a statement, right? Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. Never in history has a withdrawal from war been handled so badly or incompetently as the Biden administration's withdrawal from Afghanistan. In addition to the obvious, all equipment should be demanded to be immediately immediately returned to the United States, and that includes every penny of the $85 billion in cost. If it is not handed back, we should either go in with the unequivocal military force and get it, or at least bomb the hell out of it. Nobody ever thought such... Nobody ever thought such stupidity as this feeble-minded, feeble-brain withdrawal was possible. God damn it. Just shut the fuck up, dude. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working. Good fucking Trump. You're not working either, so go fucking take a long walk off a short pier.
0: Dude, okay, so I want to start with this. Never before has a withdrawal been botched so badly or whatever the hell it is that he said. Iraq. Which, Vietnam, which as yeah hasn't even been completed yet, uh, as far as Iraq goes. But how many times has the United States withdrawn from a, from a conflict? Like actually withdrawn? Like you could count it on one hand, right? Mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Uh, I guess you could say Desert Storm.
1: Well, uh, no, we we went in with that was a war that we went in to stop Saddam from invading Kuwait. We did it and we fucking left.
0: So that, that, was I mean, done, that was actually that was actually done so right. Mission accomplished. Okay, so now so I won't even count that one. So we'll say Afghanistan. We'll say Vietnam.
1: That's pretty and we'll much say, it. And we'll say Korea. Even Korea was with an arm assist. I think we were still able to get all of our shit out. Right.
0: So three, even so. It's still
1: technically a war. It's just an, it's just a, 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 So,
0: so, with, so the United States have with, has withdrawn from serious military conflict two and a half times? Is that what, is that what you want to call After it? After just
1: beating the fuck out of people. Like, that's the thing too. Like, I want to say this real quick. Like, our soldiers, our military itself, when it comes to executing plans, and like, this is something that everyone's trying to say, oh, this is, makes the military look weak. It does. And it's like, no, you're making ourselves look weak by using this political fucking, topic vietnam afghanistan both of them when the troops were on the ground the missions they were supposed to do we fucking kicked ass the problem is is you can't beat people into submission and change their thought processes that's something that's just completely different
0: you can't, you can't
1: change ideology
0: battle the ideology
1: yeah. taking ground is fucking easy and we're fucking just you see the videos day in and day out, and some yeah. of it might be propaganda. But like, what did it, it took so? Uh, it took the Russians and their the USSR, like the, the not not the not the Russia we know today. That's basically a third world country. That's a giant gas, gas station with fucking nuclear weapons. We're talking about the USSR, yeah. Like China doesn't even touch what the USSR was at one point. You know what I mean? And it took them what 18 years i think they were over there for and they never actually owned the place they put in a puppet government but like they didn't they didn't have what we had over there and the minute the troops and not were nearly gone, as fast and not new yeah like we took over afghanistan in, what like three months or something like that
0: <laughs> it's a big it's a big place and it's also very oh, it's a difficult. Dirty
1: time. place. It's not like it's just farmland like we have out here north of 18 mile in Michigan. <laughs> it's we're talking mountains and sand, and cold, cold, cold winters and really, really, really hot summers. Like the extreme of the extreme. And our soldiers just fucking went in there and just did their job and fucking beat the shit out of stuff. But the problem was, as soon as they left the people that they thought that they put in place could help them just they had no interest in it letting and shit break no, down not maintaining anything
0: there's no end objective with these regime change wars it's like okay no, we're going to put we're going to we're going to put our guy in place we're going to put our government in place and then and, just, and then just hope they kind of do what we want them to do and like this is in the internet era this has been the most obvious up-in-your-face example of why that shit doesn't work. They're going to take your resources. They're going to take your money. They're going to take your weapons. They're going to take your military training. And then when you decide to leave, they're going to just, you know, get bought off by the original group that was already there. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the Taliban. They don't care.
1: They don't. They don't care one bit. I mean, obviously, we can't, like, here, like, I'm trying not to fall into the same uh, thing we were just talking about—a broad brush stroking people. Like, there are people there who cared, but the problem is we weren't asking the people who cared <laughs> what we should do. We were taking the warlords and all of these people from that country who were all in it to make their own buck and didn't give a fuck, as evidenced by. The fact that Ghani, as soon as the Kabul didn't even fall yet, like provinces started falling, motherfucker hops in a plane with all of his cash and just books it. Goodbye. U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars, by the way.
0: But we should go back and get our toys.
1: It's fucking stupid. They're chomping at the bits. They're trying everything they can in their power to go back to Afghanistan. The yeah, uh, and- The graveyard of nations.
0: If I've said it once, I've said it at least twelve times since we started talking about Afghanistan.
1: What's the other don't one? Well, the many, other one. Don't have Go any good I'm things sorry. to
0: say about Joe Biden, but my God damn it, he stuck to his guns on this.
1: I know, and I, I'm I, gonna. I
0: will give him all the credit in the world for that.
1: And I'm actually gonna put it to the audience too, because I had mentioned this before we recorded, but. I mean, if we if they want to hear it too, I want feedback. I want everyone to let us know. I wanted to do a Biden bash. Yeah, well, we'll give you an we'll entire episode. Dog shit we'll, the guy of why he's fucking milk toast, why he's a wet fart in a hot tub, <laughs> why I'd rather use a Brillo pad in the shower to scrub my body than have him as my president. And we he's could got go a on. a great memory, this guy. <laughs> and we could absolutely do that, but. When somebody does something right, then they should get credit for it. Now, I did see – I'm sure you did too. I did the same thing. But you know what? We started – when we started this podcast, Trump wasn't our president. So we didn't have much to say about him. But it's like when it came to starting new wars, he didn't do that. That's something he did right.
0: Nope. And he had the uh, original – uh, kind of a uh, uh, ceasefire agreement with the Taliban. With the Taliban and I agree that with,
1: set I, us I, up Yep,
0: for this. And I agree with that too. Like, good on you. Good on you, Trump. Like, that's a good thing. I'm, yeah. I Yeah. I, I will back that up too.
1: In four years under Trump, we only had 40 deaths in Afghanistan of our soldiers.
0: Good number. Well, that's probably not the appropriate thing to say, but you know, but relatively that's, speaking. That's a low amount number. of people.
1: But yeah. you know what? The people I see bitching about the 13 that died didn't say shit about those 40. Yeah. We had, and then on top of this, so that's 53 people in the last five years in Afghanistan that have died. And there were like another 2,500 that died under Obama and Bush. And guess what? No one gave a fuck. Nope. They would do their little thing where they would show the. The the coffins being taken off the plane, draped in the uh American flag, and it's like a super sober moment, but it's so goddamn trivialized, dude. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating. Just like, you know, what is it? Uh one death is a tragedy, a million is a, uh, statistic. a statistic.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you, you can you can you can mourn these thirteen deaths, right? Like that that's that's not what we're saying. We're not we're not saying that like, oh, they're no big deal because there was thousands of others.
1: Yeah, I beforehand. really want to make sure that people understand that that's where we're coming yeah. from. Where it's we just get like, upset
0: is when you take these thirteen deaths and you use them to push a narrative.
1: Are Fuck you upset? You. Are you upset that thirteen Americans died in a war that we shouldn't be in? Or are you upset thirteen people died because people on certain news outlets told you to be upset about it?
0: Yeah, because look, we should have stayed longer, or look, we should have done it differently, and look. I've already said it once on this on this, on this this podcast. And go ahead and email me, libservativepod at gmail.com. Get at us on Twitter, libser- at libservativepod. If you have actually heard a plan that would have been better than the one that we just saw, we can start talking about it now because it's over.
1: Yeah, dude. It, you know what it reminds me of? Yesterday. It reminds me of... Uh, <laughs> like When you watch like a really bad Michigan game or a really bad Lions game, you know that happens here a lot. In our oh, Senate Monday and, morning and quarterbacking? Monday morning quarterbacking. Well, he should have done this. Why didn't Harbaugh call a timeout? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. He, he's the one making the calls. But, yeah, it's the same shit, but it's not something as trivial as a sports game.
0: And to, to wrap this whole topic up, Corey, before we move on.
1: I'd yeah, because I'm no, done with Afghanistan. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore.
0: I, I, I really don't either. We had to because it ended yesterday. And, and we're we out. The, we lost the 13 Americans. But they're a bookend.
1: Um, to the, we're not going to lose any more soldiers over there. We're not going to have an accident happen when we lose 13 more 20-year-olds, dude. 20-year-olds who weren't even old enough. For nine eleven,
0: I'll put it to you this way, Corey. I still consider. I'll be. I'll be thirty three years old in November. I still consider myself a young man. The oldest person that died on that day is two years younger than I am. Almost two years younger than I am. It's fucking thirty one years old. That was uh, Marine Corps Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover. He was thirty one years old.
1: <sighs> a year younger than me. I'm over here starting my life, starting a family. And he's over there defending exactly what I'm trying to do and just trying to help other people and gets killed in a war that should have ended in fucking 2005.
0: Or before then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not discounting them joining the military, but like...
0: No, and that's the thing too. I don't think we've mentioned this yet. If you serve in the armed forces or you have served, you're a a veteran or, you know... We're not shitting on you.
1: I said it, yeah.
0: you, You people are fantastic. You're just you out there people. taking care of the job. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> you went into this for the right reasons, but it's your bosses, honestly, and I mean your high, high up bosses that we have the issue with.
1: Yeah, not the not because the, the uh, staff sergeant or the colonel that's on the boots in the ground with you.
0: No, 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 no. It's 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 your top generals. You know, it's it's the State Department. It's the it's the Defense Department. It's it's the uh, defense contractors. Those are the people we have issues with, not y'all.
1: And the problem is too is we keep going back to them for advice. We throw these same fucking people like Bolton and Bush, mm. you know Condoleezza Rice. We're asking them advice. I'm like, what's going on in Afghanistan? And they're like, well, well, they obviously have some fancy shit to say, but they're literally the ones that sent them over there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's I don't know. Like, they're probably like they're probably like they're they're so old now. They're probably like, are we still there? I, didn't, I, didn't I
1: forgot really, all about that. Did you get...
0: Every, yeah. Yeah, because we guess what? To,
1: it was the Forgotten War. We were just supposed to go wipe out a couple of towel
0: heads and then get the hell out of there. That's what I thought we were going to do.
1: <laughs> Idiots. God, it's a fucking mess. And that, what's frustrating to me, too, is like, this is a good little segue into our next topic, yeah. is... uh
0: and Stop virtue signaling. You If you're going to yell at the left for virtue signaling... A lot of you folks on the right are virtue signaling. Everyone virtue signals. And the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's only it, Corey, It's only a left problem. Don't you it
1: know is. that? Oh, gaslighting. <laughs> the moral high ground. Bullshit. Uh, ah.
0: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. So. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Hurricane Ida's happening right now. And they've it's already over. lost, like, well, <laughs> that's over too. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, we've lost seven lives so far in that, you know, we're going to probably this and now we're in the point where it's like, we're doing like the rescue operations. So like, we've lost seven lives that we know of so far. And there's probably going to be dozens more of people that are, they're going to find in houses. You know, I have a friend who had to do cleanup for Katrina, and he doesn't even like talking about it because of the shit they found that like, we're continuing to find after the news cycle ended or whatever. And it's just – I think it's a good tie-in because it's like, all right, so this is more life lost. We're about to be losing a bunch more lives down there because of government inefficiency. and But that isn't sexy. That's not a hot-button topic. There's no one to blame for that.
0: No, I and I, I do find it super interesting that, like, Afghanistan – completely and and we're guilty of it too we just opened with afghanistan and did fucking 35 minutes on it yeah uh, is is completely you know overtaking the fact that we just lost american lives on american soil now was it through war no you know but it, it was it was more through an act of god which seems to me that it should be more high priority rather than something that was kind of our fucking fault in the first place again because i don't they, mean to sound callous but right like, that's but reality. they didn't,
1: they didn't sign up for it yeah they didn't know the risk that they signed into they were old people you know and people one guy i don't even mean to kind of scoff at it it's just completely bizarre one of the guys so like that it flooded you know like all the parishes are getting fucked again and they're trying to and like they're saying that it's not as bad as it could have could have been because we uh invested money in the actual levy system after Katrina
0: and it did better it held up better there's no question But there's still
1: a million people without power Mm -hmm. let's talk about our infrastructure let's go tap back into Afghanistan all the money that we spent over there if that money would have been spent at home decades ago we wouldn't have lost 13 people a couple days ago we'd be all at home we'd have we'd have the Army Reserve Corps building shit in our own country versus an infrastructure in another country and but yeah so I was gonna
0: still we're gonna get an infrastructure bill Corey walsh oh my god
1: uh but yeah no one guy uh he was out in his front yard whatever and they were like way steep water or whatever and a fucking alligator came up and just took him down his wife saw it right in front of her Jeez. they still haven't found that guy yeah that's that's one of the deaths in uh i think it was louisiana a bridge collapsed you know it's a million people out of power and instead of helping everybody, you know, immediately the government's like, well, we're going to make sure they're not looting. It's like, who it gives a fuck about the fucking it's a... merchandise? Again, it's the same shit with Afghanistan.
0: It's probably all destroyed anyway.
1: Yeah, probably. But, uh, but yeah, no you one's talking get your about PS5. that.
0: There, there's a shortage. You better get your PS5. Go down to Louisiana. Pick one up.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're all picked clean. You're going to see them on Marketplace. Just... Slight water damage.
0: Yeah. Oh, gee. I wonder where this came from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Hurricane Ida is going on, you know. Like there's a, just a bunch of infrastructure that's just failing again, and it's like we've been well, so here what's before. The, what's the
0: response: What's the response going to be? Because because here's the th- here's, it's, I'm I'm actually
1: right now there is a one because everyone's talking about Afghanistan,
0: r- right? No, but I'm talking about the actual government response because this is actually just coming to me in real time. I haven't spent a lot of time on this today, but I'm thinking about. Katrina, and the reaction from George W. Bush, and how he was shit on for how slowly he reacted, how slow he was to send FEMA down there, how slow he was to actually go visit, which he actually did do, eventually.
1: Yeah, Biden's going on on Friday.
0: This is going to be the next thing, right? This is going to be the next thing. Now that Afghanistan's over, this is going to be the thing where, all right, how are we going to figure out ways to shit on Joe Biden now? And 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 how many? Listen for the amount. If you if you're still a watcher and a reader of mainstream media, I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to tally how many times Biden's response to Ida is compared to Bush's response for Katrina. And I'm not saying this as if like I think Biden's going to do some glorious job because I you giving them homework.
1: You giving the listeners homework.
0: I seriously doubt that Biden's going to do some glorious job with this. But w- w- what I'm, what I'm so tired of is is all these stupid comparisons. Like we went through it with Trump compared to Obama, even even a little bit Obama compared with Bush, and, and, and we're going through it now with Biden compared to whoever the previous presidents are. When we should be just taking these reactions at face value. What George W. Bush did for Katrina has absolutely nothing to do. With how Joe Biden responds to Hurricane Ida, other than hopefully, hopefully the Biden administration took some lessons from the Bush administration and even the on Trump what not administration.
1: Remember, Trump got hammered; like he got For hammered with, Rico? with some of the worst hurricanes that we've seen, and that what could was even... the one
0: that hit Puerto Rico.
1: Oh God, we should know this one. And people was it people Maria? Were
0: People were talking about it being a different country, but it's like, dude, those are American citizens too. You mean, you remember how much of that you saw on social media? Oh TV my god! Yeah,
1: no, that's it's, <laughs> it's no like, different those are American than Guam.
0: Asshole, those are American citizens. Asshole, <laughs> just like what do you want me to say?
1: Uh, which which one was it that hit Puerto Rico? Because it, it also hit know. the U.S. Virgin Islands. It uh was it was Maria. Maria and Irma. Maria. That's right. Remembers. they
0: had two like back to back.
1: Oh yeah, they got fucking hammered, and that could go into a conversation about uh about climate change. We could talk that's about climate real. change. That's not that's real. Not real. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the narrative for that one. Yeah. Uh, that. that would be a good topic. We could good go night, into everyone. dive deep. Yeah. Good night, everyone. That's it. <laughs> climate change isn't real. Fuck Biden. Peace. Cue the Yo, music. Boy, boy. But we've always had hurricanes, Corey. We've always had hurricanes.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've always had winter storms.
1: <laughs> Dude, I bet Why this... is it
0: so cold out in January if global warming's real?
1: So my troll thing that I've been doing lately, because, you know, I am i love just kind of fucking with people a little bit too much on social media. When someone tries to say that climate change isn't real, I just share, like, the uh, the Nat Geo for kids link. <laughs> 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 Look at this. Look at this. And it's like cool facts for kids. And it's about climate change. And I just posted to him. Is this what they're teaching kids in school <laughs> these days?
0: We need to teach them more about Jesus. Got to get and Jesus a, back in school. You
1: got to go. pray that gay away. Pray that hurricane away. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I think I am going to be looking into that, Corey. I think we're, we maybe we'll talk a little bit more about Ida next week. Because I really am. Let the dust I'm gonna settle. I'm going to make it a point. Let's
1: yeah, figure I'm out make what the narratives are. That, there isn't any narratives yet. Saying. Yeah, not yet everyone's wrapped up in Afghanistan.
0: But you, you, I guarantee you, the conservative narrative is going to be Biden botched it, and the liberal narrative is either going to be ignoring it because that's that tends to be what happens when your side's president is in office. You just kind of ignore things.
1: Yep, they don't talk about it. Republicans
0: did it with Republicans did it with Trump. They'll either if something shitty happens, they'll just ignore it and not cover it. Or, you know, they'll figure out a way to deflect onto something Trump did or deflect onto something Bush did. and Yeah. We'll just continue Yeah, that's to what's going to happen. Shit.
1: Yep. Ida, anything, any sort of negative press that happens with Ida, you know, uh, the media on the left is going to go, oh, but Trump was throwing paper towel at kids in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Kids in cages. Kids, <laughs> kids in, cages. in cages. They're now, still there, by the way. Yeah, they're still there.
0: <laughs> All right, Corey. Red pill, blue pill. You ready?
1: I guess. Well, actually, first. Or oh, do you got something else first? Let's uh, drink a little bit before oh my God, we get how did into I that forget. one.
0: We are now 45 minutes in and we still haven't talked about what we're drinking here on Bourbon Banter. A nice Either of us there. are drinking bourbon.
1: I know. We, uh, we both really screwed the pooch on that one, huh?
0: Well, and here's the thing I went out, I will tell you this I went out and bought myself <coughs> a nice $85 bottle of Whistlepig Small Batch Rye Tenure. And this is one of my favorite whiskeys, but I don't buy it very often because it's very, very expensive. And I did buy this to drink on this show for the first time in a couple years in honor of the 13 that we lost because I'm going to treat myself to something special as I would treat them to something special where they here today. So that's what I'm drinking tonight, and I'm going to raise this glass to those 13 folks and thank them for their service and still thank them for helping us get the fuck out of afghanistan what are you drinking
1: Corey? i'm just drinking some monkey shoulder i'm not drinking anything fancy uh i don't have a little speech to give (laughs) thanks thanks for making me They've put me on the spot, Dan. <laughs>
0: you, can st- you can still raise that glass to the I will 13. raise
1: this glass to the 13th. I'm drinking some Monkey Shoulder, which is actually a scotch. It's not a bourbon.
0: Neither of us are drinking bourbon.
1: Right. Yeah, but no, I, it's it's probably my favorite scotch. It's got a little bit of a sweet taste to it, but it's like nice and smoky, super smooth. And I like the name Monkey Shoulder, you know, because like, when it comes to a vice, you got a monkey on your back. So at least the Monkey Shoulder is acknowledging that he's there and he's just kind of hanging out with me.
0: Yeah, this whistle pig is is absurd. And you're you're actually coming to my place uh this weekend. Yeah, I'll have a glass I, with you. I've got we're gonna have to do a little tasting because I got the Eagle Rare, I got the whistle pig. We'll do we'll do a we'll do a little tasting for some stuff you had now. you're gonna be absolutely amazed at how smooth this whistle pig is. Yeah. I mean you could Maybe you I'll try could. to find a
1: bottle or something that I can bring that neither of us have had so I can contribute. Yeah. Just get wasted whiskey wasted at your house. We'll, start we'll punching holes in the drywall. <laughs>
0: Oh, I got buddies too, dude. <laughs> I got buddies that love whiskey and they'll uh
1: punch holes in the drywall with me.
0: <laughs> that's not what a tasting is for. It's just, it's I know, you
1: missed <laughs> it the first time I said that. I we're going get all whiskey wasted and punch holes in the drywall.
0: By the way, well I have paneling in the basement, so that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a thing uh, a friend, a cousin of mine he always shares these things because when I asked him about it, he goes, yeah, it's what you white people do. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> My cousin's black. And uh, I'm not saying that just to say, well, I got black family. I'm just saying about the stereotypes. And he talks about, I have and
0: he a goes, black friend. I know what's going on.
1: <laughs> he talks about how white people always get pissed off at their spouses and punch holes in the drywall. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, black people don't necessarily do that very often. <laughs>
0: That is kind of true. Like, yeah. like white people are so much more likely to get like rage drunk.
1: Yeah, they break their <laughs> remotes. They break their. <laughs> they, like, <Yeah>. it's,
0: uh, <laughs> what is it? What what is it about fucking white people that 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 makes us do that?
1: I don't know, but it's even said in songs. White boy wasted. We yeah. just get fucking wild on the spirits, man.
0: Yeah, and if you if you ever watch like, those those Instagram videos of like. Chicks fighting. It's all like it's like seven white girls. People that first of all, the first of all, they're hammered and they punch a dude first. Like it's always a dude that they punch first, and then the guy punches and, back. Yeah, and then there's like eight chicks that are just you hit my friend, throwing haymakers, and there is not a person of color to be found in that mess of humanity. Nope.
1: That, it's either that's that. Those,
0: that. That's one of those times where you can actually be a... That, that's a good stereotype, if I do say so myself, for people of color.
1: No, they don't act a fool like that. And when you look no. at you know, all the big cities, whenever there's a national championship, Philadelphia, Boston, Michigan State, it's always...
0: It's always white people burning couches.
1: Yeah. They're jumping off fucking balconies onto tables and just fucking themselves up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, yeah, all, all the brothers are up on the roof drinking, going, Look at these fucking crazy ass white people. <laughs> these fucking idiots. <laughs> but
1: they are doing, like, uh, on TikTok, I've seen a lot more uh, black people doing the crate challenge than white people.
0: Mm. <laughs> well, I had a question the other day. Maybe somebody can answer it for me. You can uh, tweet at us uh, at or email us, LobservativePod at gmail.com. Where the fuck are you guys getting all these goddamn milk crates? No, you just find them. Where?
1: We used to use them to build walls and stuff that we'd ride through with our bikes. We would just go and steal them from the grocery store out back.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, still, but like.
1: <clears throat> that's what we I mean, would do. Because I,
0: I work in grocery stores, and I know there's a lot of milk crates in
1: those stores.
0: But I've never seen that many parked out back at once. Maybe I have. When I, I worked at Kroger,
1: like they changed. got picked up pretty quick. But, yeah, uh, how do
0: you steal that many with nobody noticing?
1: Dude, I swear to God, when we were like eight or nine years old, when we were building forts, we would just roll up with a radio flyer with a bunch of code hooked up to the bike and throw eight, nine in the back, and no one would say shit.
0: I'ma just I'm gonna just take my pickup truck out back of a Kroger one day.
1: <laughs> and just stick, but you probably could you could probably put them on, you could probably sell them right now. They're probably hot ticket items.
0: Yeah, who wants to do who wants to do the challenge? Who needs who needs two more milk crates? Yeah.
1: $15 a pop. There you go. I did all the risk. I did all the risk. I'm the one that got him.
0: You ready for red pill, blue pill, Corey Walsh?
1: Yeah, I'm ready for red pill, blue pill.
0: You, didn't, didn't, you did not didn't. You sound very enthusiastic about well, it's that. Well, September one, so 1st, and I'm
1: usually opting out with the bullets. So I, I need to be yeah. careful. For those you.
0: who don't know, this is a game Corey and I are going to play weekly where we give you a topic and we give you the liberal narrative. We give you the conservative narrative. And we got to pick a side every episode. And we are allowed once a month to take a bullet instead of choosing a side. And it's only September 1st, Corey. We got a long way to go.
1: I know. I'm <laughs> <He's> so nervous. <laughs> I'm usually always so scared. like, Just Give me the bullet.
0: Red pill, blue pill this week. The topic is Corey, my body, my choice uh, between potential vaccine mandates actual mask mandates, and the Supreme Court declining to delay the rollout of a Texas bill banning abortion after just six weeks of pregnancy, it only makes sense that we should do my body, my choice, because these are two my body, my choice things with completely different narratives on both sides of the extremist aisle. The conservative (laughs) narrative here, Corey, I think you could have guessed this. Abortions are bad because you're killing people. The liberal narrative? Not getting vaccinated is bad because you're killing people. Who are you going with on this one?
1: <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's literally the same mantra, just yeah, it's uh,
0: He's gonna take the bullet I'm gonna, on September first.
1: No, I I don't want to No, not yet. I guess I'm gonna take the, the liberal thing because of the fact that it's like one's about uh the science that's there, but as soon as if but here's my caveat: I'll be sitting there waving my gun, going, "No, you guys are right. It is my body, my choice." And uh, but when it comes to the vaccine, that is actually the science proves it helps people. But as soon as they try to say, "Well, then you have to take it and try to mandate shit," then that bullet probably comes into play.
0: I'm with you. I'm going with the liberal narrative on this one too, because the the difference that I see between abortions and vaccines are pretty simple. All the data will show you that if you get the vaccine, you are less likely to contract the virus. How much less likely? I'm not here to talk about percentages, right? Like, uh, it's, cause they, cause it's a fraction
1: know. of a fraction of a percent to where it's like, but that's, I guess, just because I don't want to be just a number, another drumbeat. Of people that are just saying take the vaccine because there is, there are people that are getting fucked up from it, you know? So it's, I guess, like, I guess where I'm at is like, talk to your fucking doctor. Your doctor knows your body, he knows what's good for you. And if your doctor says, well, you probably shouldn't take this vaccine, then you know what? Don't take it and tell everyone just to fuck off.
0: What I was going to finish with, though, is when it comes to okay forcing people whether it be through law or through coercion to get the vaccine only affects one person that's you that's the person getting the vaccine an abortion affects at least two people because if you yeah. force if you force that woman to have that child you don't know what the hell her situation is that kid there's there's a chance that oh, I'm sure could that kid grow up and lead a, a perfectly good life and and you know be a contributing member of society yep that's 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 possible but any woman getting an abortion generally is it's for two reasons either she is uh not necessarily maybe healthy enough to have that baby that's number one health reasons number two is generally generally financial reasons so when you force a woman I, I think the health reason, That just speaks for itself, right? If a woman has a chance of dying or becoming severely injured from having a child, it only makes sense that the life that already exists should stay. When it comes to financial reasons, you force this broke-ass woman to have this baby, but then generally you're on the side of not wanting to give her welfare to help raise that baby. Yeah. So two negative points to the my body my choice <laughs> against abortion and only one negative point to the my body my choice against vaccines. So I'll, that's why I'm taking the liberal narrative. They went 2 to 1.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm all for literally telling people like hey, you should get the vaccine. Up I'm um, up to the point where We're literally grabbing them by the arm and saying, come with me, you need this vaccine. That's where I'm at with the vaccines. I think that we should be advocating for them. I think that we should be telling people, like, listen, like the science, like, talk to your doctor, your doctors going to know what's best for you and this and that. I just don't think that under any circumstance for anything, our government should be telling us that you have to do this. You have to do that.
0: Well, and, and then also, but the same
1: why, the same conversation goes for the actual abortions.
0: Why is it because, still? Because. What's interesting about both of these things. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What's interesting about both these things is that we've had anti-abortion people since abortions were in, in, invented and been able to be performed safely. Right? Yeah. And we've had anti-vaxxers since vaccines. Like, we're. This far into the future, and we're still having these same stupid arguments about whether or not we should be able to tell other people what to
1: do with their body. Yeah. And it's funny how body autonomy is a subjective term all of a sudden. And then how the left and the right just throw it at each other like, oh, my body, my choice.
0: Yeah, yeah. And It's like, how
1: about yes? How about yes? You're right. How about your body? My choice. Yeah, how about you're both right? But... (laughs) Just because you don't agree with it, you, it still is a valid thing. And you know what I, I, mean? I guess, like, I guess,
0: the third point I would give to the vaccine side, the liberal narrative here is at least that's kind of at least like you said, there's a science basis to that. With the abortion, it's all religious. There's a religious base to that.
1: Well, I don't know. I've met people who aren't religious that just think that it's a life
0: morality. Okay, we'll we'll go. I won't go religious. We'll say it's a it's a moral it's a moral issue, morality based. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it's a morality thing because I mean, there's people and like you can't discount that. We've had this conversation a little bit. You can't discount the idea if someone truly believes that that is a life inside of somebody, they truly believe that you're murdering somebody. But it's like
0: the response to that is always okay well, just don't have an abortion. It's like it's like if you're if, yeah, you, have, it's, if you have an issue with gay marriage like just don't marry a gay person. Like it's it's, it's I pretty think it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a trivialized thing that has a deeper more complicated like answer but everyone likes to oversimplify it. Right, I think a lot of this could be circumvented if we made birth control more available to women. If we had more comprehensive sexual education classes in elementary or maybe not even elementary, people that I think that's controversial, middle school, high school, made prophylactics more available, talked about the actual reproductive systems. Like we have adults who still think that women pee out of the same hole that a baby comes out of a you put your penis in. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just the lack of education that comes down to it and it's just I think education and actual, uh, not abstinence, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, I guess, yeah, maybe just, maybe not an abstinence only thing, but just more yeah. options.
0: I was gonna say abstinence only just makes people want to fuck more.
1: Yeah, because as soon as you can't have something, you want it more.
0: And we already all want sex more. <laughs> So it's like okay, you can't have this.
1: So, what's interesting about this Texas law, though, is like the way they have it set up. Is it's like uh, private citizens sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman obtain an abortion if it's past six weeks. So So it's like people like basically it's basically Salem witch trials. They're like <laughs> she That's had an abortion. Bad. she had an abortion now she's like, what are you talking about? It's a witch. it's a witch. It's a witch. she had a baby now she doesn't.
0: What I don't understand about this is like so a private citizen can sue an abortion clinic or was it is it a clinic or a woman or both if they have an abortion after six weeks? what do you get if you win that lawsuit <laughs> like wait what What happens
1: if you- uh <laughs> anyone who successfully sues an abortion provider under this law could be awarded at least ten thousand dollars
0: so they're incentivizing
1: people <laughs> to fucking and frank fucking their fellow citizens dude <laughs> It's like it's it's fucking bizarre world, man, because oh this God. is no, why it's bizarre. No,
0: that is straight up fascism. like that is straight up fascism,
1: yeah, and I'm reading about it a little bit right here, and it's like these lawsuits are not against women, says John Ciago with Texas right to life. These lawsuits would be against the individuals making money off of the abortion, the abortion industry itself. So this is ah. not spying your neighbor. So this is not spying your neighbor and see if they're having an abortion. But that's exactly what it fucking is. People are gonna be standing outside the fucking abortion clinic and be like, "Yo, was that six weeks or seven weeks?"
0: <laughs> yeah, this dude, this is this is ridiculous. Now, to be fair, the Supreme Court, uh, what did they do? They just decided, basically, they just decided not to rule on it just yet, or, or they decided not to put it on hold. But like, yeah, is, it's
1: it's all sizzle and no steak is really what this is. None of this is gonna hold up in a courtroom. Yeah, this is like so... how the fuck are you going to sue one company? Like, like all the like, it's they can't see the force of the trees. Like, if you're literally gonna be able to sue an industry for something like this, then guess what's next? The fucking gun industry, you fucking morons. Look at like, I don't big fucking oil. understand. Yeah, I don't look like, oh, the fucking up the air, so we're gonna sue them. Oh man, Smith & Wesson made a gun. Thirty years ago that was passed down between three people and guess what that third person shot somebody so we're gonna sue them
0: you're gonna have you're gonna have people on the street testing the carbon emissions of a ford f-150 and if it's one iota over they're gonna be suing ford and winning ten thousand dollars
1: right like do you understand the precedence that's being set with this like i don't like this is what fucking identity politics does it just fucking destroys the country it's absolutely insane and this is um, then
0: what's interesting is like this is conservatives taking the first step towards this weird
1: fascism. Oh yeah, they're fascist as fuck, dude. They've they, they been constantly trying to be fascist. Like when you look up, uh, like the explicit, the, uh, the the warning explicit content labels you see on CDs. That was a compromise because they tried to ban swearing in music and shit. Like back in the fifties and sixties, they did otherwise. Watch, Elvis words, Presley be filmed from the waist down. Like it's, In other words,
0: uh, back when the parental advisory sticker came out, in other words, basically banned black music. Right? Yeah. I mean, come on that that is who it was targeted. <laughs> black at the and like, industry. In, like,
1: it, well, there was also Johnny Rebel. Like there was like racist music that got hit with it too, but that's fair. But that's not what that's not what that's not what they the went media. after. Yeah. Yeah. They're singing about killing people.
0: God, they're something about fucking the police.
1: <laughs> Where it's like, damn, they're spitting. NWA, what's up? Cop killer?
0: Oh, man. I still listen to NWA. Uh, I got issues.
1: Dude, one of my guilty pleasures. So, right by the house over here on 810 8- Hall Road and Hayes, which no one else is going to know what the fuck that is <laughs> is listening besides people who listen closely but, or listen locally. They still have Trump they still have Trump back to Blue rallies over there. And so whenever I oh drive God. by it, I make it a point to play Fuck the Police by NWA. I'm not even necessarily a hundred percent anti cop. I think that we can really shore up on a lot of the creases and flatten out and iron out some issues that we have with the police. Yeah. But just because it just fuck them. <laughs> fuck that! That pisses me off so no, much. Yeah.
0: You, you don't, you don't, you don't say that to, as, as a way to be disparaging towards police officers. You say that as you you play that as a reason to be like, hey,
1: to piss them are, off. Yeah, why fuck are them. you
0: here still? It's like, yeah. dude, there's some businesses that I drive by on my everyday job. They're still trying flying Trump flags. Now I thought that was stupid when Trump was president, and it has nothing to do with the fact that it's Trump. Why, if you own a business? Are you flying political paraphernalia in general? You're losing business because there's going to be people that are going to drive by there, whether you're a Biden supporter, a Trump supporter, a Hillary supporter, Obama, whatever. There are going to be people that are going to drive by that business, and they're not going to patron your business because of that. Why would you do that? It makes
1: no sense to me. I'll have to send you a picture of it. The most ironic business, (laughs) dude, it cracks me up every time I go by there. They have this giant ass Trump flag up front that says Trump 2020. No more bullshit.
0: <laughs> I love that dude, one.
1: Dude, you have. I'm not making this up. I'm not fucking making this up. I swear to God, it is a Porta John company. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Maybe they're doing it ironically. Probably
0: not, but maybe. I,
1: probably not. It's just it just cracks me up. It's like that place is full of shit. <laughs> They're just <laughs> flying.
0: <laughs> I get it. I see what you did there.
1: Yeah, I you no, know, it's like it's it's punny.
0: <laughs>
1: it's not just funny, it's punny. It's like of course you're flying a Trump flag.
0: Much like much like the lady in Texas that was that had the no tread on me the don't tread on me sign, but except the snake was in the shape of a uterus. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that's actually pretty funny. absolutely I, I fly fantastic.
0: That, that I th- that was so brilliant. <laughs> it's just so brilliant.
1: Speaking of my body, my choice, when we're talking about, so it's it's things like this that um, make you like, I, you know, I went off that little tangent about mandates again. Like I'm super against them. Did you hear about? Uh, oh, I just had her name, and then I lost it. It's Rebecca Marjorie Taylor Furlit. Green again. No, no, not her. Uh, Rebecca Furlitt I think is her name. Yeah, Rebecca Furlitt So this girl. Now, so for right now, we don't know all of like the the intricate details, but the as soon as it hit the media and got like any sort of steam, it got reversed. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So this girl is divorced. Her and her husband are going through a custody battle. They're doing a joint, a joint custody over their daughter, her son, or whatever, the eleven-year-old boy, her son, and uh, apparently, her child visitation was revoked by a Cook County judge because she is not vaccinated. Hmm. So I hear stories like this, and it just solidifies how I feel. You know what? It, what what pisses me off the most about this is, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but I don't like being wrong.
0: Nobody does. I do does. not like...
1: I hate fucking being wrong with a fucking passion. Unless and it's like, something you're hoping to be myself, wrong about.
0: Like, if you say something cynical.
1: Yeah. And I catch myself, like, <laughs> trying to sidestep or backpedal and go, well, you know this. And I then it happens. Everyone does that. But a year ago... The people that we would be calling tinfoil hats, the crazy conspiracy theorists about what was going to be foretold when it came to this whole vaccine, said things like, people are going to get their parents taken away. And we were like, ha, ha, ha. save some Reynolds rap for the rest of us, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now look.
0: And here we are.
1: And now judges are talking about Taking people's children away because they didn't get the COVID vaccine? What about there the is, flu vaccine?
0: There is what absolutely. if all of a
1: sudden they're making their kids runny eggs, Dan? What if they're making their kids runny eggs? There's a slight chance they might get salmonella.
0: I will tell you this, Corey. My grandmother, when I would go over there a couple times a week as a little kid, I loved nothing more than my grandmother's fucking runny eggs.
1: Sunny and side and up, you dip the, fucking, dip the fucking toast in there. Yes,
0: and here I sit, and nobody would cook me those eggs. the way. I'm not going to get salmonella from eggs. They're not fish. The way that Jeanette Griffin cooked those eggs is the best eggs to this day I've ever had in my entire life. And here I sit <laughs> with no salmonella. Fine. Not going to take away my means of production, Corey Walsh.
1: But here's the thing that kills me the most about this too, right? Here's a quote from her. I've had re- adverse reactions to vaccines in the past and was advised not to get the vax not to get vaccinated by my doctor. It poses a risk. Yeah. And the first thing that the doctor asked him when he got on the when she got on the Zoom call was whether or not she was vaccinated.
0: That judge, you mean?
1: Yeah. It's it's just insane, dude. I don't understand. Yeah,
0: now, to be fair, the judge has since reversed his decision,
1: right? But still, yeah, because like, he got fucking berated for it.
0: Yeah, like which wh- is we're...
1: great, but like that power, that that power is so easy to just be able to be overstepped with just the stroke of a pen. Because
0: there's yeah, because there's Ooh. no there's there's no legal grounds for that. Because from what I understand, in order, so to we're make just gonna away... make, it,
1: but. So here's the thing. Yeah, there is no legal grounds for it. So now we're going to make a single mother go through all the hoops and the leaps and the bounds of the court system. Like, thank God it was reversed, right? Yeah. But if it wasn't and then she had to appeal, a single mother is going to have to spend all of this money and doing all of this crazy shit to get this appealed in the next court system. You know, in the circuit court, the federal court, you know, and just to get something that has no legal bounds recognized for them to say, yeah, this has no legal bounds. Meanwhile, her son doesn't see her mother. One of the biggest talking points you hear from people is the fact that, like, broken homes are, create a disadvantage for children or not be able to see a mom or a dad. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, is this, is this really good for the kid? Is this the one, the kids are the ones who are the least affected by the virus? Where does the science behind this? We're well, supposed to follow the science, right?
0: It seems yeah. Well, of course. Always gotta follow science. And I'd say that take a little bit. I'd say that a little Until the cheek. science
1: doesn't agree with your bias.
0: A hundred percent. The way I always understood it i and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a judge. I'm a legal fucking idiot.
1: I'll be your but lawyer, the, Dan. But the way <laughs> but
0: the way <laughs> the way the way I've always understood it is to take away custody from a parent, you, you you have to prove that taking away the custody is in the best interest of the child. And so in which, in what way, in what way is it just because a mom isn't vaccinated, is that in the best interest of the child? Now, I guess you could argue, well, if the mom's not vaccinated, that puts the child at risk to catch COVID-19. Oh, Okay, like you said, did she have a flu shot? Because that kid could catch the flu, which is a disease that is more likely to kill a child, by the way, mm-hmm. than COVID nineteen.
1: Statistically, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So no, that that's the most ridiculous thing, and it actually reminds me uh, when when it comes to parents in the legal system regarding their children. I wish I could remember the name of it. There's a you can probably look it up on uh, Duck Duck Go. Uh, There, <laughs> th- th- there's a podcast. There's a podcast that I listen to. Uh, It was was one of those narrative podcasts, one of those, you know, like story episodic podcasts about a set of parents that lost their children because an infant was placed in a lawn chair and fell out and cracked its head on the cement. Total accident. Total accident. But the hospital and the, uh, the social workers determined that there was no way this kid fell out of the, uh, the the lawn chair because it had a crack here on its skull and a crack here on its skull. So they automatically, automatically turned to child abuse. And those kids were perfectly good parents taken away for a long time. Oh, I think I know how this story ends. While, it was, while, while they argued it. Eventually they got the children back, but it's like, okay. to put those kids through that is like... Really? It was a total accident. Like... My, my mom's told me stories about some things that she did that, like, all parents make mistakes, right? I mean, you've got a two-year-old boy, Corey, I'm sure. It,
1: it petrifies I, I, me. I'm so glad. I'm so, 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 so glad that my wife works at the school that my kid goes to. Because this little fucker runs around all the time. <laughs>
0: like, bruises, bumps, two years black old. eyes.
1: Uh, when they run, they don't look where they're running. They're looking behind them. They're looking around them. They're looking at shit. And then, dude, boom. <laughs> right into a table right into the corner of a cupboard crack on the sidewalk is one of the most dangerous things for a fucking two-year-old dude yeah. it's their feet slip Like, dude, my kid tries to climb up shit at the park and then he doesn't put his foot in the right spot and guess what boom forehead smacks the thing and it scares the shit out of me because I feel like he keeps getting these frontal lobe injuries <laughs> he's gonna end up being a murderer <laughs> that's my real concern but meanwhile, he's going to school with all these bruises over his face, bit up lips. Fucking, he's 100% boy. And he's just running around getting bruised up and beat up and the shit kicked out of himself by him <laughs> own self. And you would think that, oh, my God, these parents are beating the hell out of this kid. But that's how children learn. <laughs> they learn the hard way. Street of hard knocks.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're an hour and 15 in here, Corey. I don't know if you have anything else. I don't have a ton more, other than I think we're going to do a Biden bash episode next week. That even like fun, if we right? got to do, even if we have to do two episodes
1: next week, we might do a special for you, little half hour thing of just just fucking Biden up. Let's bend him over, Dan.
0: Yeah, we we've been talking about the one thing that he did well for the last three weeks, and. It's a big thing. Like I don't want to sound like Trump. It's a big thing.
1: Uh <laughs> Okay, I know the big words, okay?
0: It's a it's a big thing. He did a really big thing bigly. He did a big bigly. thing bigly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he, I I shouldn't say he did it well, but he did the right thing.
1: He did. I agree. And but this one right thing. I don't think uh isn't
0: appreciated at all, but you know what? Wipes
1: clean 40 I think his, years of. I think
0: history will remember it well. I think so. All right. And with that, <laughs> he's been Corey Walsh.
1: And he's been Dan Griffin. And you've been uh, listening
0: to LibServative. Follow yep. us on Twitter at LibServativePod and Instagram. Follow us on
1: Instagram at LibServative. Uh, we're on Facebook at LibServative. Uh, reach out to us at LibServativePod at gmail.com. Uh, you can listen to us on all your Facebook, I mean all of your social media or all of your podcast platforms we're on all of your social media platforms that's all folks
0: and until next time this has been Libservative. we're out here